a house of its broadcasting. Hello on this beautiful far, the 27th of Aerith, 997YK. My name is Alufi Haskal DeCivis, and Silas isn't with us, so I'm your only host today. On today's Echo, we're going to be going over a handful of news, and then we've got a few Alufi's asks, and then we're diving right in to the wonderful and very unique holiday in the Mrorholds called The Petition. and jump into some news. Our first bit comes from the Sharn Inquisitive. Professor Castran Yuliax of Morgrave University has apologized to the District of Cogsgate, as well as fellow scholars, for the chaos that ensued last week. He was leading an expedition to reveal a working creation forge. Yuliax, accompanied by researchers, members of the Watch, and a few curious residents of Cogsgate, entered an abandoned vault. After sounds of combat and the assumption of forged within the vault, rumors spread, and the crowd outside grew. Yuliax had a small scuffle with some forged squatters who were arrested by the Watch. Merrick Stekaneth has stated that all creation forges have been shut down permanently to comply with the Treaty of Thronehold, which House Caneth supports strongly. What are your thoughts? Rumors continue to surround the possibility of a creation forge somewhere in the depths of our great city. Honestly, with how old and deep Sharn is, and how the Twelve can sometimes overlook certain things on accident, I think that it's entirely plausible that there could be an abandoned creation forge in the depths of the city. Do I think that it's in working condition? Probably not. Do I think that people should go down there and check? Definitely not. Uh, There are lots of things deep within our city that could kill the average person, so don't do it, okay? (laughs) Our second bit of news, let's see. Matrite and Artificer, Sarah Thompson, has released a new tool for adventurers. She calls it the Combat Wheelchair. Now, this isn't your typical wheelchair. It's meant for disabled adventurers. It's got straps to keep the adventurer attached, spikes, all-terrain wheels, shields, and more. Now more than ever, people with little to no movement capabilities in their legs can become adventurers. This invention has come to quite a bit of backlash from House Caneth and several adventuring guilds across the continent. Many people are saying that those with limited movement should not and cannot become adventurers. Now, I have to disagree entirely with these people. While adventuring is a dangerous occupation, people with disabilities become adventurers all the time. Adventurers become disabled and continue to adventure. Why would you take that away from someone by saying, oh, well, 
You lost movement in one of your legs, so you can't adventure anymore. These are people that risk their lives every single day to do amazing feats that I know I could never do. So why try and limit them and stop them? Why say, well, you took an arrow to the knee, now you can't adventure anymore? Well, let's, um, let's try and brighten things up a little bit more by uh, doing some of Luffy's asks. Uh, I do have a handful today, so let's jump right in. Oh gosh, I have to read these and then answer them. You guys are going to get sick of my voice by the end of this week. Oh, Meeps, do you want to read one? Yeah, Meeps, go ahead and read one. You know, that's very interesting. And I think, um, dear anonymous viewer, uh, that that is quite the predicament that you're in. I understand why you're reaching out to me. I, I do happen to be a love expert. I read a lot of romance novels. So what I would recommend to you is definitely keep open communication and talk to both of these people about your feelings. Uh, it's important to be open and honest. And in the end, I think that the right one for you will definitely come out. Now, I don't think that as you suggested in your question to put them to a death match, I don't recommend that at all for a few reasons. One, you don't want people to fight over you um, in, in such a way. I don't think that it's it's emotionally healthy. I also don't think that having your two suitors kill each other is quite the uh, extremes you ought to go to in these kinds of situations. I also think that you're forcing someone to prove their love to you, which means that you can't trust them, which is supposed to be the foundation of most relationships, trust and communication. So instead, I would tell both of them how you feel about each of them, the reasons why you're unsure, and perhaps come to an agreement with both of them and see about exactly figuring out why you like each of them. Who knows? One of them may end up being better for you than the other, or during this process, you may learn something about yourself. I'll go ahead and read the next one, okay? Aloofy. I have had a family of spire top dragons roost on my balcony. Oh, that's sweet. While it's nice to hear them trill in the evening after work, their nest has taken up most of my balcony. And now that there are eggs, the parents are getting territorial and attacking me if I appear near the doorway. Can you offer any advice to calm them down or keep them from causing any more trouble? So there's a few things you can do in this situation. The first is, of course, contacting the Magical Menagerie Department at Morgrave University or uh, one of the many animal controls, um, or if you're on a budget, you could always contact one of the many adventuring parties within the city to remove these by your top dragons from your balcony. 
Now, that's only if you don't want them to stay there. Some of these may also cause some harm to the dragons or the eggs. You could just stay away from your balcony until the eggs are hatched and the parents have calmed down significantly. Another thing you could do is I have heard that uh, some druids from the Eldine Reaches have magic that makes creatures more friendly towards them. Uh, perhaps you could find a scroll or amulet or something like that in town if you have the extra coin to spare. Finally, you can simply earn the creatures' trust. By this, of course, I mean you can feed them. Um, I think spire-top dragons are obligate carnivores, so um, off-cuts of meat should be fine, something rather fatty, uh, typically better. Or find out what they particularly like to eat. Perhaps give to their hoard or their nest. And once they start looking toward you favor favorably, they may even entrust some of their eggs into your care or the, the chicks or wormlings into your care uh, once they are hatched. Now, I am not an expert in this, so I would definitely recommend going down to your local library or contacting uh, one of the many animal care specialists. Of course, you can always reach out to Monte Cook Darwin uh, at the Magical Menagerie at Morgrave University, uh, as I'm sure that he has dealt with Spiretop Dragons quite often and would be able to offer you up significant information on how to deal with the adorable little beasties. All right, Meeps, hit me with the next one. Hmm. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Um, okay. So, that is quite the predicament. Uh, now I had heard that many Kalashtar are indeed uh, allergic to dairy products. And uh, perhaps that is the issue that you're having with your, with your wife. Uh, something about her uh, physiology just uh, dislikes it. Now, there is a species of mage-bred dire sheep whose milk doesn't have the proteins in it that a lot of people are allergic to. So perhaps finding cheeses made from this particular sheep's milk would assist in your wife's enjoyment of dairy products because I understand cheese is delicious and the worst thing about it is when somebody does have that sensitivity and makes it so you can't breathe. <laughs> so our final question of the day, Aloofy, I'm thinking of teaching my son how to save money. Do you know where I can get a little container made that's in the shape of a bear that he can store some of his pocket money in? Ooh, that is a really good question. I have indeed seen, there is a small place down in the uh, bazaar that has these really adorable coin purses. 
and they're in all different shapes and sizes, but there's a series of them that are shaped like different animals, uh, as well as shaped like the different creatures from the, uh, that the houses have. So like there's a little, there's a little cockatrice looking one and it's all made of leather. There's a little blink dog looking one, a little displacer beast. They're super adorable. So if you're thinking about getting him a coin purse that's shaped like a bear, I would definitely go to the bazaar. Um, It's really easy to find. If you go to the place that sells the squid balls in the the round dough, what is that called? The takoyaki, I think is what it's called. Um, If you go there, it's literally two stalls to the right. Uh, I don't remember the gentleman who sells them, but they're such cute little coin purses. Now, if you're talking about something... uh, to keep at home, not to carry with. There are a bunch of different shops around Sharn that have like ceramic bears with little slits in the top. So you put the coins down into the slit and then once it's nice and full, you take a hammer and you bash the bear's head in and then you get all of your money back. It's kind of like adventuring under the coat of Galifar. If you kill it, and it's not an actual person, you get to take all of its stuff. What an interesting handful of asks we had. Let's go ahead and uh, switch it over to our sponsor for this week, the Helpful Halfling, which is a shop here in Sharn. Uh, Mr. Uh, Stoben de Glanda, go ahead and take it away. Hello, adventurers. I'm Stoben de Glanda, the owner and operator of the Helpful Halfling the first reclaimed goods store in Sharn. But I hear you asking, Stobin, what is a reclaimed goods store? And let me answer your question with one of my own. You come back from a successful venture into the Moorlands. You divided all the loot you got, and now you're left with leftover armor and weapons from all manner of foe. What do you do? Where do you take those? Any pawn shop is going to give you 10% if you're lucky. Maybe you're in good with Kenneth, and you can pull out a lucrative 25%, but then you have all those questions and paperwork. Where did you find this? Do you have identification paper for slain foes? Next if kin. It's a real hassle, and it's part of why I stopped adventuring and started The Helpful Halfling. If your guildmaster signs on to be one of our accepted guilds, We cut right through all that noise and put coins back into your pocket. So, talk to your guild and get a hand up from the helpful halfling. Reclaimed goods must meet very specific qualifications. Goods cannot be stolen. Stolen goods are immediately forfeit to the shop. Guild members' own goods are classified as used and subject to fees as such. No guild member may have been in possession of the items for any length of time outside of the expedition they were retrieved on. Proof of foes goods were reclaimed from must be submitted. Accepted foes list currently include Lord of Blades, any call to the Dragon Blow, Order of the Emerald Claw, Undead, Lords of Dust, anything in the Moorlands, or Demon Waste, taxes and fees may apply. Thank you very much, Mr. Stoben Glanda. Next, I'd like to remind everybody that it's very easy to get in contact with us. You can tell us your uh, opinions about today's echo, as well as previous echoes on those comment pads next to each echo or device. You can leave hearts and thumbs ups, little pictures, all of that wonderful stuff. Speak with our subscribe to uh, get notifications whenever new echoers are going to be airing. You can also find us on the Twitter. It's a bird place. I I, I only go there once in a while. Uh, we are at Civis Echoers. 
you can always mail us at our no mail house of station at gmail.com we do also now have a way for regular citizens to become our patrons. If you go to House Kunderak and their Patreon, you can uh, submit some money from your account each month uh, to go directly to the Broadcasting Guild, where we will use it for developing new ways to make the Echoers more accessible, cover some bills from renting our space, stuff like that. So check the description pad for uh, more information about that Patreon. Up next, we are going to have a wonderful guest, Fizalki Dekunderak, who is going to talk to us about the petition, which is happening today in Kunderak Hold. So sit tight, listen to some wonderful music. We'll be right back. Fizalki de Kunderak for joining us today. Uh, actually, just a moment. It's Kunderak. It's not de Kunderak. It's just Kunderak. Oh, I thought that you had a dragon mark. Oh, I apologize. No, no, I do not at all. Have... <laughs> well, it's just because uh, I see the marks on your on your arm there. Oh, 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 that. No, that's not a dragon mark. That's actually. If you give me a moment, I keep the sleeve on most times because. Oh my goodness! It makes people very uncomfortable. Yeah. Can I touch it? I would it, if you're comfortable touching it. That's. Oh, that just feels like normal flesh. It yes. Uh, so this is what they call a symbiote. It, it is indeed. It's called a crawling gauntlet. Oh, oh, I get it. Because it's got the little phalanges at the end. Mm. Okay. Well, I do apologize. Oh, that's quite right. It happens all the time. So, um, is that? Like, around your arm, or...? Unfortunately for me, it's the whole arm. <laughs> uh, I had a bit of an accident once, and I lost the whole arm. Oh, my goodness. All the way up to your shoulder there. Yes. Um, what happened? Well, uh, if you don't mind me tooting my own flute, I'm not gonna... I was trying to be respectful, because this is your space, but if I get the opportunity to talk about myself, I'm gonna take it. Of course, we love our guests talking about themselves. So, I... I'm an ale maker by trade. I do a lot of brewing in my spare time. Mm -hmm. And I've also dabbled in quite a few exotic drinks. I found a recipe deep, deep under the roar. And I brought that back up. And I decided to make it. It was going to be my crowning achievement. And it was. I made a successful drink. I combined ooze and alcohol into something alive and pungent but unfortunately it was a little too pungent and I got just a bit knickered off of that 
and I woke up, and the ooze had eaten my arm. I've lost the entire arm, right down to the joint. The ooze dissolved everything that was there. When I woke up, it had the whole arm right inside and had eaten through most of it. And I actually had to take a saw and hack my way through to get the whole arm off. Which brings me to a bigger point, because I did hear your broadcasting out in the other room earlier. If you are one of those people who thinks that an adventurer with a disability doesn't have a place in the adventuring world, I say one thing, plain and simple. F*** you. There is no reason that a member of any guild should be discriminated against because of something as ridiculous as that. We have all manner of things that make it easier to do your job once the time has come. Does that mean your disability is gone? No. Every day my arm is gone. It's a reminder every day that I created the greatest ailer in the world, and it cost me that. I appreciate your words. I think that it's important that people know that just because someone's missing an arm or unable to walk, can't hear or see properly, doesn't mean that they can't live long and fulfilled lives. No, I, I think that's a fair point. We live in a world full of magic for f**k's sake. And I don't understand why people would think that we wouldn't be able to figure out a way around that. I brought a gift. I left it with Meeps for Silas. I brought him just a bit of it. It's Dwarven Purge, and it is... Oh, uh, Dwarven Purge, that's, like, really, really strong, right? It, it, it is the ooze, and the, and then on top of that, it's the the alcohol. If he enjoyed the Kyrieva, there's no way that he's going to turn that down. Oh. Also brought you a gift as well, because... You've brought us in and want us to tell our tales, so the least I could do is bring you something. So I've brought you this here. Oh my goodness. Do you, do you read Dwarven, yeah? I do read Dwarven. It's one of my specialties. Oh, well then, you're going to absolutely love this. So you've talked about your novel series, The Dreaming Dark Knight, yeah? Yeah. I had to go to quite a few libraries in the Menorahs to find this book. This is the tale of Dolderun versus The Creeping Dark, which is a precursor to the book you're reading. In fact, I think if you read through there, you'll see a lot of similarities. I wouldn't be surprised if your precious author lifted it wholeheartedly from there. Interesting. You know, I love the culture that that the people of the Moor have with uh, telling stories, and it's just, it's fascinating to me. This is such a wonderful gift. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Again, thank you for having me here. Today, right now even, hundreds and hundreds of miles away in the Moor, there is a festival going on. There is indeed. It's called the Petition. Why don't you tell us and the rest of the people of Sharn about the Petition? Well, the Petition is an extremely old holiday. In fact, it dates all the way back to Molinoch. The Exile. Now, there's a lot of stories as to why we left Sol Udar. Some say we were sent away by a mad king. Others say it's to prove our worth. There's even a certain scholar who's stated that we were prisoners. Undesirables. No matter which one of those you ascribe to, though, even Professor Davandi would agree, Kondorak was set as the sentinel. The gatekeeper, the warden, the one there 
to look to as someone with purpose. As we discussed, our heritage is mostly oratory. What is known next is that a lone dwarf came to Kondorak and petitioned to be let back into Solodarn. Now, who that lone dwarf was is entirely up to who you ask. If you ask Soldorak, they will say that Soldorak, of course, was the first to demand answers and stood up to the Keeper to be let back in. If you speak with Kolkoron, they will say Kolkoron reasoned with Kondorak that he should be granted reprieve and allowed to return to his home. If you speak with Narathun, they will say that she saw the test for what it was and convinced the others to try and ask for release. But... I tend to believe that they're all wrong. The way it makes the most sense is that it wasn't the others who came to Kondorak, but Kondorak himself who demanded the others to show their worth. He was there. He was the guard. He was the one. He was the one who knew the exile would come to an end. So they would have to come to him and say, this is why we deserve it. But regardless, that became their tradition each year. A dwarf would arrive, say why they thought they deserved to go through, and Kondorak would stand in judgment. Now members of the clan arrive in Kondorak Hold and show what makes their clan best. Art, music, dancing, food, wealth. It all blends into a beautiful festival as these clans paraded through the streets of Kondorak Hold. What can we expect from this year's showings? I know that you did get a peek at some of the different acts and, and, and things that are going to be on. Now, I do remember, what was it, two years ago, one of the clans had made a special cart out of sorewood, and they called it a parade float. Do you think we're going to see more of those this year? Oh, yes, of course. Several years ago, they did begin to use sorewood on some of the larger carts. They wanted to make the carts lighter to float on the streets rather than digging in and damaging the roads. It was a very costly endeavor on Kondorak hold to replace the streets every year after. And that seems to have stuck as they're doing it again this year. In fact, I heard that Sornath was going all out this year. They had planned a massive dragon, wings and all, fabricated entirely out of gold and other metals. And from what I've heard, it breathes fire. Now, whether that's destructive or not, I can't wait to see, but hopefully they're not going to burn down all contract hold. And as it moves around, it feels quite real, even though it's a, it's just a remarkable endeavor from that clan. Now, hopefully it'll come back next year and I'll get the chance to see it. Now, all of the clans uh, participate, correct? Yes. So what about Noldorun, the lost clan? They haven't been around for... Four hundred years? I don't think they'd be able to participate if they had been gone for four hundred years. Well, I wasn't sure if a place was still left for them as the lost clan. I have seen different memorials from clans for Noldorun as they go through, and I think that's extremely touching. But no, we don't leave a place for Noldorun. I see. After the parade, uh, there is feasting, correct? Yeah, there's quite a lot of feasting. It, it's one of my favorite things. Tokalanan. So the first year that I created the purge, when I first lost my arm, I got to bring the purge 
that year to the petition for the feasting in Kondrakhold, and it was probably one of the most exciting things of my entire life, because there I was, right in the heart of it all, and everyone was trying what I had made. And, oh, that, it, it, no moment in my life will ever feel as good as that. So even members of House Kondrak can bring items or, or bring their, their deeds forward in the petition? In a way, yes, I think they definitely can. It may not be part of the parading, as it were, but I think that it brings out the best in all of us because we all want to show who we are as people, who we are as families, who we are as clans. Well, uh, I'd like to thank you again, uh, Mr. Fazalki Kundarak. <laughs> and I would like to remind everybody out there to comment send us stuff. I love reading what you guys feel about everything. And I hope that everybody has a most wonderful, wonderful far. Uh, so anyone who's looking for a wonderful evening this far, trying to celebrate the petition in Charnian fashion, I'd recommend coming out to the Hammersmith Tavern in Upper Dura. It's going to be a wonderful time. And I'd be delighted to see all of you there. Have a most wonderful day, everyone. And remember to listen out those echoes of hope. All right, let's go get knackered. All right, let's go.